and I'm going to take mine. Um, several people asked me when folks started trickling back into the building here, would I uh, sit? I know I'm off camera. Uh, sit uh, to teach, uh, preach. And I probably will for a little bit longer uh, just because, I don't know, something different. Also, you know, it's biblical. Uh, Jesus sat down in the synagogue and on uh, the mountain to teach. So maybe I'll follow his example. Seems like a good thing to do, right? Following Jesus' example. So um, but I'm going to sit today anyway. Um, so we've been looking at Nehemiah. Last week we uh, uh, ended up uh, with uh, the people of God trying to get that wall built. Uh, 41, 42 different sections of it. Uh, and uh, um, they are surrounded on all sides by enemies who would like for the wall to be undone. Right? So desperate situation in some ways, uncertain situation, scary situation. Uh, and so uh, what we're going to find out today is uh, kind of how that work actually happened in the midst of all of this uh, opposition, right? So uh, we're going to look at uh, Isaiah chapter 4, verses 15 through 23. Uh, and before I read that, uh, let me let me pray. Lord, thanks today for loving us. Uh, that's uh, really uh, the only thing uh, we have uh, to count on, uh, is your love, your faithfulness. Uh, the psalmist tells us that uh, your steadfast love uh, never ceases. It never ends. Uh, it lasts forever. And uh, so much of our lives are only temporary. So much of our commitment is temporary. We grow tired and we grow weary. And we get distracted, angry, bitter, turned away. Um, and yet you never do. And so that's our, uh, that's our life and our joy today. And so we ask you, uh, to bless us as we look at this uh, passage about your beleaguered uh, and struggling uh, people. And I pray that you would bless uh, w- the truth of this text uh, to our lives. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So Nehemiah 4, verses 15 through 23. Uh, 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 here, uh, this, this is the word of God. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. Uh, The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another. And the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work. And half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. 
So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. So it's a pretty in, intense passage here, right? I mean, think about that. They're they're trying to get this wall built. Uh, and uh, just to give you an idea, the wall needed to be something around uh, nine, ten feet tall. And in some places, archaeologists tell us it was nine feet wide. So this is a big wall. You know, this is this is no little, you know, uh, uh, backyard kind of uh, uh, thing. This is a this is a big wall. And there are 41, 42 different sections where people live in different parts of Jerusalem. And 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 most for the most part, those people where you live, you're responsible for that section of the wall, which makes sense. Right. You're going to be more interested in the wall being good where you live. Right. Uh, and so uh, they're, they're at this. But at the same time, they recognize that at any minute while they're laying blocks or carrying rocks or mortar or whatever, they could be attacked. Right. The enemies have made threats and have said that they might that that they might come for them. Right. So so here they are. On the one hand, this is where, you know, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, called his magazine Sword and Trowel. This is where he got it from, that a trowel, for those of you who don't know, that's a thing you use to spread uh, mortar in between rocks and bricks and, and stuff like that. So on the, as kind of a description of what's happening here in these people's lives, also as a description of the life of the Christian, right? The Christian goes about his work, goes about his life, uh, uh, goes about uh, seeing to the kingdom of God, recognizing that at... at, at um, well, at most turns and at most places on that uh, work, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be difficulty. And so it requires conflict, right? Um, and so what we're going to see, what this text just tells us is this is how they did it. Uh, this is how they organized. This is how they built. And this is how they prepared uh, for their defense. And it's important for us to remember last week, verse 14 ended uh, on this text with, with Nehemiah saying to the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Right. Uh, and so I think that is uh, I think that's a great uh, question for us to ask ourselves today. And, and it's this. What do you fight for? Right. Or maybe maybe who do you fight for? Right. My son uh, is a first lieutenant in the United States Army. He's a ranger. Uh, he uh, leads a right now. He leads a, a mortar platoon uh, and he finds it kind of boring because his job is to ride around in a Jeep with a computer typing in coordinates for these mortars that they drop on the bad guys. He thinks it's kind of boring. Um, and um, well, I don't know what he would like to do that's more exciting, but I, you know, that's, it's loud and destructive, which fits him to a T. So um, the computer, I'm not so sure about. He said it's a $27,000 computer, and I should call the general and warn him about who's handling that $27,000 computer to, to do that. But one of the things that has struck me over the years as I've gone to different ceremonies that he's done uh, is that the oath that you take uh, 
as an officer uh, in the United States military, you take an oath to defend the president. No. Take an oath to defend the flag. No. Take an oath to defend the country. You don't even do that. Your oath is to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Isn't that funny? I bet most people think that's weird, right? That, that of course, you know, because when, when we think of the military, what do we think they're doing? They're defending us, right? We think they're defending our country, right? They're defending our way of life, whatever the platitudes are that people, that people say. But what they're doing, what they, the, the oath that they take, uh, is that they defend a document, an idea, a set of principles, right? Isn't that interesting, right? I mean, now certainly there are people behind those those uh, principles and and those words, those ideas. There's you know the the sense of your home and your uh, you know your comrades that you're with and, and that sort of thing. But you don't take an oath to defend them. Certainly you will. But you say that you will fight and you will die for a document, for a thing that sets out. Uh, in some ways, kind of the governing principles and the ideas of our country. Isn't that interesting? I think that's, I think that's, that's, that's worth, uh, thinking a little bit about. And I, I think it's worth us thinking about as we look at this text here, right? These people are being called on to build, to sacrifice. Uh, while this is going on, you know, there's not a lot of commerce probably that's happening. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, trading and that's kind of stuff that's going on because they got to be about the business of getting this wall built and making sure that they do it in a way where they're protected. So that's what they're about, right? But Nehemiah says to them, listen, you know, you, you need to, as you go about this work, you need to remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes, right? So I, I think that's it's it's a pretty profound thing for us to think about, as because the fact is the the most of us, uh, most of you watching this, those of you in the room with me today, you haven't fought for much other than yourself, or what you want, or what is yours probably in your life, right? It's very rare that we uh, put ourselves in a position where we will sacrifice ourselves uh, and fight on behalf of others or an idea, right? We like to think that we're ready, quick and ready to do that. But more often, my hair trigger is I'm going to defend myself uh, and, and, and I'm going to defend, you know, maybe my own, whatever, whatever I, I define that as. And so this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty important thing for us to, to think about. What would I be willing to fight for? And what would that look like? We've already read earlier in the worship service this, this text from 2 Corinthians, right? That, uh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ, right? So uh, what we recognize is is that uh, 
Uh, and what the New Testament certainly sees is, is that the, the, the Christian church, the believer, is engaged in conflict and that there are some things and, and some principles and, and some places where what we do is we fight. Um, and we fight with weapons that we didn't make, that we didn't design, uh, that were cra- created for us. Uh, and demonstrated, their use demonstrated uh, for us by Jesus Christ. And so as we go about the business of building, as we go about the business of seeing the kingdom of God built, we should expect there to be conflict, right? We should expect uh, there to be resistance. The other thing that I note about this text is, is what kind of leader uh, asks this kind of stuff of his people, right? I mean, Nehemiah says to the people, look, you know, I know this is hard. I know this is challenging. Remember, he had to go out in the middle of the night and ride around to see all the walls that were broken down and the, and the, and the wall, uh, the, the gates that were burned and he was ashamed. And so he goes to the people and he says, look, you know, people, we, we are, it's, it's a shameful thing that the city of God looks like this. We need to get busy. We need to get about the work. And so what kind of leader says to says to people, like he says here in 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 verse 20, um, when you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us here, our God will fight for us. Or where he says in verse 23, right? So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. In other words, they they slept with their weapons. They slept in their clothes. They they were alert and uh, active all the time about what might happen. Um, what this is an intense situation. That you know, there's no let up in in, in the pressure here. Uh, it's not like you know, oh, you can clock on and clock off. Even at night, they're concerned about what might happen to them, right? Uh, I had an uncle who was a CB. Uh, that is a, uh, he was in the uh, Navy uh, and he helped build uh, buildings and uh, airstrips on islands in the Pacific during uh, uh, during the Second World War. And um, one of the things that he, he said is that it was not uncommon uh, to wake up in the morning uh, and the guys, some portion of the guys in the tent where you slept at night uh, might be dead in the morning when you woke up because folks slipped into the tent at night and killed them. And so they trained themselves to sleep with their hands around their necks so that that wouldn't happen to them, right? So you, there's no relaxing. There, there's no resting in, in the midst of this conflict. But what's to note about this is, is that Nehemiah is, uh, two things to note about him is, he says, when you, you hear the trumpet, come to me, because I'm going to be where, rally to me, because I'm going to be where the action is. I'm going to be there where, uh, where we are being attacked. Uh, and he does it tirelessly, right? I mean, when you read that, you should think, you know, you shouldn't think of yourself, oh, I'm weak and I, I'm tired uh, so much as Nehemiah should remind you of someone else who is unrelenting, untiring in their defense of you and their fighting for you and their pursuit of you. Right. That should remind us of Jesus Christ. Right. That that here's Jesus. Right. When where the action is the hottest in the in the fight for men's souls, he is willing to uh, uh, die. 
He is willing to be where the action is. He is willing to sacrifice himself for that. But not only that, he continues in his pursuit of his people, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty profound picture for us of unlike the way we tend to think about leadership now. You know, we, we don't, our, our leaders are very seldom the people who are um, where the action is, right? Uh, they get somebody else to do that for them. Jesus is not that kind of leader. Jesus fought for us at the cost of his own life, right? Uh, he put himself between us and our enemies, right? That would undo us, that would would not only keep us from building, but would take our very lives away from us, right? Um, and so... The people here see that and they understand that about Nehemiah and they're willing to follow him because they see his willingness to die for them, his willingness to fight for them. Right. He's not asking anything of them. He's there in the uh, that, he, that he's not himself ready and willing to do. Right. So it's it's an important, important thing for us to think about, about the leadership that Jesus Christ exercises uh of, of, of us, of the church and of his people, right? And so it's, it's worth asking the question then, maybe not what do you fight for? Who do you fight for? But what do you live for? Do you live for something bigger than yourself, right? Do you, are you willing to give your time, energy, money, your life, your reputation, to something that's bigger than you are, right? Or are you so committed to your own comfort, your own ease, uh, your own, um, yeah, those things that they seem to be bigger to you and of bigger concern uh, than the issues of the kingdom, right? But not only that, and here's something else that's unique about Jesus as our leader. Not only does he lay down his life for us, as Nehemiah says here, you know, go fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Paul says, you know, that uh, uh, you you might die for a good man, right? You might you might sacrifice for a good man. You might give up for them. You might go and fight for somebody who you deem to be good, somebody that you love. But would you lay down your life, not only for those you love, but for your enemies? Right? Would you lay down your life for your enemy? Now, that seems like a little too much for me, right? Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the Bible says that we were his enemies and... When we were, you know, when we were far from Jesus, when uh, we were, he died for us, right? And that's good that Jesus did that. But I'd, I can't see me. It feels weak and self-defeating <laughs> to put myself on the line, not only for the people that I don't like, but why would I put myself on the line for people who don't like me, who don't love me, right? 
But that's exactly what Jesus does, right? And so his sacrifice for us, his fighting for us, his his taking the lead here uh, takes enemies, people who were at enmity with him, who were in rebellion against him, and makes us, right, his friends. And so when, when uh, Nehemiah said to his friends last week, remember the Lord who is great and awesome, the great and awesome thing about our God is, is that he loves people like us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? The power of the gospel and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in uh, the mission and the work of the church is certainly going to be manifest in the way in which we care for one another and the way we love one another. That's essential. But and 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 there is no healthy church without that. But the supernatural power that gets unleashed in the world in the church is when we love the ones who hate us. Right? When we're when when we're put in a position to lay down our lives for our enemies, right? Um, where, where we, and where we might even be willing to lay down our lives in a way that is anonymous and invisible. Where nobody notices, right? I think, and one of the things that, that gets me, uh, stirred and, uh, chokes me up, and I think when, when, when we stand before Jesus on the last day, the monuments to His grace that we're gonna see from people we never, pe- people in our circles that we never noticed. that we did not see their faithful sacrifice. The fact that, as here in, we read in Nehemiah, they carried the load and they carried the sword. And they went about their business without drawing attention to themselves to build the kingdom of God. Um. I think that's a I think that's a pretty profound picture for us to see, um, you know, if you have an enemy. What does the gospel require you to do? Well, it requires you to straighten that enemy out, right? <laughs> what the gospel says to us is Jesus Christ says to you to love your enemies because you once were his enemy and he loved you. Um, there's much to grieve and lament these days. Uh, Kevin's mentioned a number of them, and um, uh, there's there's a lot. I think that's just you know that's a lot. No no doubt about it. Uh, one of the things that I lament uh, regularly uh, is the contempt that Christians carry around. For other Christians, uh, for people who differ, um, and that doesn't mean that we should not have some conflict over issues of truth or uh, issues of the gospel. Certainly, we need to have conflict, 
But your conflict has no spiritual power if it's driven by contempt for your enemy. And the reason for that is uh, conflict with uh, your enemy for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of your enemy, cannot be done from a position of contempt, right? And so as we, as we think about this and as we, as we un, un, unpack uh, the way in which the church moves forward uh, today is, you know, one of the things we need to pray and confess is our quickness to have contempt for those with whom we differ. And uh, recognize that there's sin and brokenness. Apply the gospel to, to that but not from a position of contempt. Um, that's really hard, you know. Uh, that's, that's really, really challenging. Um, and so, before I pray, you know, the words that I have for you are Nehemiah's words, and that is, uh, remember the Lord who is great and awesome who will fight for you, right? Let's pray. Lord, uh, help us uh, to uh, understand who our enemy is, our true enemies are. And the, Lord, the, the, the enemies that we see about us in flesh and blood, forgive us for hating them. Forgive us for our contempt uh, and Lord, help us to love like you love. Help us to have a crystal clear view of what you did to make us your enemies, your friends. And somehow or other, by the power of your spirit, would you do that work in us? And Lord, today I pray that would you encourage uh, the quiet, faithful ones who are carrying their sword and their load, going about uh, the building of your kingdom uh, quietly, invisibly. Um, And I pray that uh, you would encourage their hearts. And I pray that you would move them, that their labor uh, is not in vain. Lord, it, it's it's good for me to be reminded in times of that are complex, complicated, hard to figure out what to do and what to say. It's clarifying to hear your words. Um, yeah, you're in a fight, and uh, the people that you're fighting, you fight them with love. Would you help us to know how to do that? Help us to know how to lay down our lives. Um, Forgive us for uh, not trusting you to be our defender, for being quick to defend ourselves, uh, and quick to heap contempt upon those uh, uh, that we just don't like and don't like us. Lord, we uh, ask that you would do this uh, by your Spirit, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
So let's use this confession of sin that's uh, there in bold in the bulletin from uh, the Valley of Vision called God and Myself, uh, which uh, that's it's quite a title, God and Myself. So let's let's pray. Would you pray with me? Lord God Almighty, your understanding is unsearchable and infinite. Your arm cannot be bound. Holy is your wisdom, power, mercy, ways, works. How can I stand before you with my numberless offenses? I have often loved darkness, indulged in vanity, forsaken your mercy, fled from your beloved son, mocked your providences, flattered you with my prayers, broken your covenant. It is only in light of your compassion that I am not consumed. At the cross, may I see the evil of sin and hate it. May I look on him whom I pierced as one slain for me and by me. May I never despise his death through unbelief and whatever cross I am required to bear. Let me see Jesus suffering mine. Believer, hear these words of encouragement. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us.